This is the Approaching the Natural podcast with Sid Garza-Hillman. Hello, small steppers. Welcome to another episode of my podcast, my weekly show, 219 weeks to be uh, precise and time accurate. Um, I do come here every week to discuss uh, many, many things, uh, mostly aspects of my approach, my approach to increasing, helping you, by the way, increase health and happiness in your life, to bring in more health and happiness. Um, there's a lot of podcasts out there that do that. They, they talk about diet or fitness or everything else. I have a very specific goal here, and that is to create long-term change, help you create long-term change, that is, to, do, to, to teach you my approach and, and discuss the different parts of it and nuances and subtleties, because it's not an in-your-face, just follow this and do this and then that thing, and then you'll get to that thing. It won't last, but you'll get to that thing, and then it won't last, but you'll get to that thing. I am more about uh, and all about really coming here and saying, okay, if we're really going to talk about change, if we're really, really going to get down to brass tacks and discuss what you really want, which I believe what you really want is the things that you think you want, like maybe weight loss or increased fitness, but I think you want those things long term. I'm guessing, I'm projecting, if you don't, don't listen to this podcast. If you're not interested in long-term change, if you're interested in just like, I got, I got, I have a party on December 12th, I've got to lose 87 pounds by December 12th. I don't care if I gain it back on the 13th, I just, I've got to get to the party because Teresa's going to be there and I have an ongoing competition with her since high school, it's been 40 years and if I'm not more thin than she is at that party, I will just die this ain't your podcast. I'm just saying, it's not your podcast. I mean, you can hang out here with me. I mean, it'd be fun. We could get some coffee and stuff, but this is not your podcast. Uh, this is a solutions-based podcast. This is about, okay, well, how do you actually do that? And 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 to, to convince you, if I'm successful, uh, that this is not easy. And in the best way, in the best way possible, this is not easy. Meaning, if you accept and understand the struggle of this process, you will, and give into it in a way, it will be much easier. Like I always say, I don't sell easy. I sell easier. If you understand the, the the game plan and you understand the rules, you go, okay, rules are this is going to be work. Game plan is I'll, I'll follow Sid's small steps approach. More on that you know, in every freaking episode I've ever done. You can go back and listen to old ones if you've never been here before. But if I understand the sort of that, the baseline stuff, then the whole process becomes easier because you're not fighting it at every move, and that's the thing is the the marketplace and advertising and everything else um, make it such that people f- f- maybe conceptually understand this process, but they fight it along the way uh, more definitely on that in, in this week's episode. Um, for those of you who don't know, I launched a company called smallsteppers.com, which takes you through a 12-week program uh, very, very intensely, but again, not amount of time per day, but very intensely. Um, to teach you the ins and outs of my approach to really like buckle this down and you you are a small stepper when you finish the 12 weeks. But what I'm saying is is the reason why that's I crafted it to be 12 weeks is because during that time in the in the there's weekly live Q and A's where I get on video and people type in questions. Um, there's still that resistance. It's like they know it. But they also go, well, but I feel like I haven't lost weight or I'm still f- feeling cravings about this. And I'm like, we're not there yet. Like that's not, we're not there yet. You're learning this system, number one. Number two, you're trying to change habits that have been years, 20, 50, who knows, in the making. 
And so to understand the, the, the long-term process of this and in a way give in, give over to it and say, okay, this is long-term. Creating new habits is long-term, just like the habits I created in the first place were long-term. I just wasn't in charge of them. But now I am. So now I want to bring in new stuff and it's going to take a while. And when you accept that and then you also say, and it's going to take work and it's going to take attention and engagement, not a ton of time, but definitely engagement and attention. Okay, I understand that. I understand the long-term nature of this and how difficult it is. Okay, fine. And then you just go come along for the ride and the ride's pretty darn fun. You learn a ton about yourself and you are seeing changes from day one, but it's just in a different way. But again, it's why I come here every week for 219 weeks is because conceptual understanding of this process does not is not nearly enough. It's just not because of what we're up against and because we're of two minds, boom, I already transitioned to the episode uh, subject, but I'm not there yet. Um, because we're of two minds, one is we sort of get it and the other is but the marketplace shows me a before and after photo and I could I should be able to get that I want that bad. And it's that playing that desire in us for pleasure that I don't want anybody to ever lose. I think it's the one of the best parts of human beings is that we we have a desire for pleasure, we have a desire for fun and joy. Why then is the process of 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 taking on your health and happiness oftentimes arduous and and dreadful, literally, you feel dread going to the gym, you feel dread eating a that something that's not fried chicken, you know, it's like this idea that this is miserable, when it's the thing that in theory, we're taking on to make ourselves happy, can you make the process enjoyable and the outcome enjoyable? I believe that, yes, and I do, I believe that, I believe that to be true. And I also believe that when you accept the hard work nature of this, you come out on the other end a much stronger person because you are engaging in what I call MDTs, minimum daily tests, little moments where you're putting yourself in discomfort, little moments where you are in struggle and understanding each time that you do already have the power to get through that, to, to show that to yourself right out of the chute. This is not me making you stronger. This is me helping you unpack your strength and getting it back out on the table. It's been hidden too long and no more of that. Now it's time to be to, to be the person that you already are. And that's what I believe this process is very good at doing. Okay. With that, I'm gonna take a sip of water. Mm. Eh. I already had a liter of water this morning. I'm on liter number two. Never been a huge water like nutritionist. I'm a certified nutritionist. I've never been like a drink eight gallons of water a day kind of person. Um, I am much more in the get water from food camp. I, I think bringing in more fruit and vegetables is a way to hydrate without having to you know, carry around a freaking jug of water with you all the time. With that said, ever since I started the Wim Hof program over a year, year and a half now, you guys, every single day, have never missed a day, have never, I don't know why, I'm not, again, I'm a most of the time guy, but it just feels good, and because I've kept the steps so small, it's like, if I if I'm just kind of pressed for time, I'll just get in a cold shower for five minutes, and I just and it just feels so good that like it's so small I can't not do it. Like there's never been a day I guess so far there's never been a day where I haven't been able to squeeze in five minutes. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do longer when I can, but um, it's that process of um, of the cold therapy and everything that has. For me, anyway, I felt the need to drink more water. I have, um, if I drink like two liters a day, even though I am eating a lot of fruit and everything, it just, I feel not quite hydrated. It's just a kind of a cool thing. Um, there's a lot of fat loss, fat burning associated with uh, cold therapy. And I think that that might be why um, I, I don't know. 
anyway, he definitely recommends drinking more water during the process. Obviously, when you, you know, process fat in your body, things get released into your bloodstream and diluting that is always a good thing. Um, and so that may be what I'm feeling. But anyway, so I'm not a huge, but I'm doing, th- I'm doing four liters a day on average, three to four liters a day and, and feeling good and definitely not overhydrated. You know, like I can tell it's, it's all good anyway. Uh, but I'm, but, but because it's morning and this is my dial back day, I ha- I won't be eating. Yeah. I'm probably not going to eat anything till dinner. And so I'm just on water. Yeah. Water. I had a really good run. Speaking of sort of fitness and and how I related to cold therapy, I had a really good run with Sid and Bree. Went on the trail six miles, felt fantastic. Gotta tell you, like it's something's working, and it ain't the fact that I'm running all the time because I I don't even want to look back at Strava. I think my average is about four miles a week for the last I don't even know six months. It's it, honest to goodness that low. Um, but I can still pull off a six mile on trails with hills and feel fantastic. Um, the other thing I've been doing is the, uh, and this is on my new video that I posted this morning on YouTube. Uh, it was like my Thanksgiving video and a twofer, I call it. Anyway, you'll see what that means when you, um, watch the video and subscribe. Cause if you're going to make the travel all the way over and you're going to have to type in YouTube, that takes a lot. That's seven letters. I mean, that's a huge amount of energy expenditure. You might as well subscribe while you're there. Jiminy Christmas. Um, Christmas is coming up by the way. Anyway, so TRX suspension trainer, uh, got that back out of the closet, literally out of the closet. Um, it was kind of gathering dust. I, I, I do it periodically. I've had it for about eight, nine years. I got it before it was like all the rage. Um, but I but I found it online. I was like, I'll try this out. And I love it. I really do. It's just that, you know, I got into running and that was that. But the reason I, the reason I mentioned is because two things. One, I'm considering doing one of those um, Tough Mudder, Spartan type doohickeys with uh, maybe with Sid and Bree. I don't know who's what, who's what going on there. But um, the other thing is that I made the step so small. See? I talk about this in the video. My initial thing was like, I kind of want to do some strength training. My just it, with reaction, automatic automaton reaction was, okay, what can I do that'll just get me going on it, but that won't stress me out. I mean, no get it, finding the manual and the uh, suggested workouts and the military workout thing that I had bought before. I just, that stuff's sitting where it is. I ain't touching that thing for now. Not touch. I may get to it. But what I wanted to do was get the thing out of the closet and 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 get it accessible and start doing it. And so I figured, you know, five, 10 minutes, I mean, really not even like a specific thing. I was like, if I just do four or five exercises, it'll just get me back on going. So I've been doing about 10 minutes and that's phenomenal um, because it's I'm not dreading it. I like it and it feels great and also totally realize how much I need to do it. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm not, I haven't been without strength training in the last years because I do my integrated exercise, which is usually squats and or push-ups. So it's not like I'm completely not at all engaged on that level, but the TRX is a whole nother world of of exercise in terms of the way it works. So if you guys want to look it up, I'm not I'm not connected to the freaking TRX suspension. I guess there's different ones out there and so what but this one's I like it a lot. I'll just put it that way. Okay, I don't love it. I'm not gonna marry it, but I like it a lot. Um health made simple. Meal plan. Oh, you know what I screwed up? You guys, I'm like the worst. I'm so not good at marketing and I don't know why. I don't actually don't. I also don't care. I like the work that I do. I figured that gets the word out, right? Um, but I was part of this no meat athlete bundle, uh, holiday bundle. If you're listening to this like Monday night um, or early Tuesday morning, and that means November 27th or early November 28th, um, 
go to my Facebook page and you can get the my specific link to it, but it's like a huge amount of stuff. It's like literally not an exaggeration, over $1,300 worth of stuff. Matt always gets all these people in the, in the sort of health fitness world um, and has them put in their products into this huge bundle. So in uh, what I did was Health Made Simple, because I do that with Matt. So we offered a membership of that and then my both my books. And I'm one of like 20 people who put in stuff. It's a huge amount of stuff. And you spend 95 bucks and you get the whole thing, including a membership to Health Made Simple. Like it's insane. The membership ordinarily is 97. So you're already saving two bucks just if you just did the membership only. Um, but it's a massive amount of stuff. And if you just asking you as a favor, if you're going to get it anyway, go to my Facebook page and use my specific link if you don't mind, because then I get a little bit of kickback on that. Um, but regardless, uh, it's pretty great. Or join my mailing list because, um, well, it's too late now. But you should join it anyway. You get a free chapter of my first book, Approaching the Natural Health Manifesto. So anyway, Health Made Simple is nomeatathlete.com slash meal-plan-system. That's uh, my Matt and my meal healthy eating system. I'll just call it that way. Because not really, it involves meal plans, but it's, he- it's a healthy eating system. It's how you transition yourself to making day-to-day healthy eating as l- just as easy as possible. You will spend no more time in the kitchen than anybody you've ever met who cooks at all for themselves and makes has families and things like that. The only people you will not you will spend a little more time on are people who go to fast food every day. Except you have to figure in their travel time. Boom, you spill you still spend less time. Boom, nailed it. I nailed it. So anyway, that's health made simple. Smallsteppers.com. I already mentioned it's a kick-ass 12-week plan. Okay, good. Smallsteppers.com. Um, my new book, Raising Healthy Parents, is out now in stores and online. Uh, Raising Healthy Parents, Small Steps, Less Stress, and a Thriving Family. It is a philosophy of healthy families book. If you're a parent or know a parent or are thinking of becoming a parent, buy the book. Okay? Can you help me out? Do me a, a little review on Amazon if you've already got the book because it would be really helpful to, to me. And doesn't cost you much, right? A couple lines. Yeah, it's great. I haven't read it, but you know, whatever. Boom. Hit post. Um, I will be in, ooh, I just reminded myself of this by reading my own notes in um, not very long. I'll be at Sanctuary Bistro in um, Berkeley, California, doing a book signing talk. I'm not exactly sure how they shake down down there, but I'm going down there to do a little book event. I'll put it that way. That's December 10th, Sanctuary Bistro. Com. I'll be in Arizona, Sedona in January. Got to book my flights for that pretty soon. Uh, New York Veg Food Fest, May, 18th, May 19th. Um, looks like confirmed for um, Nashville, April 7th. And Wilmington, North Carolina, April 14th. May uh, swing by uh, Asheville. Say hi to my buddies, Matt Frazier and Doug. Hey, because I'll be out that way. I hate to, the shame of not visiting them if I'm just a mere hours away. is is, is frankly embarrassing. It would be, be embarrassing. Um, that's it for, I got for the announcements, right? I work at the Stanford Inn, run the wellness center. You guys know that stanfordinn.com. There's, um, I just got a question last night. Somebody was inquiring about the healthy running, um, enhancement packages that the inn, uh, we, we crafted these enhancement packages where you like, you book any time of year your stay and you can put this basically a f- private retreat right on top of your stay. So you're like, I'm going to book from October 7th to the 10th, and I'm going to add the healthy living retreat. I'm going to add the yoga enhancement package. I'm going to add the trail running one. I'm going to add the creative play one or the cooking one. And it becomes a private retreat for you and your significant other or a group of a small group of friends or whatever you want to do. It's super cool. And then it's like all included, all the meals and everything else. So anyway, there's a, there's a trail running one with yours truly. 
take you out on some trails and hope you run as slow as I run because that would be embarrassing. Come back. Come back. You'll get lost. I'll get lost. More like it. I mentioned last week or two weeks ago in the beginning of one of the episodes I was doing, and I said, and I'm going to talk about anemia later, and just never did. Never did. Why would I? Why would I Why would I keep my word about what I'm going to talk about in a certain episode? Mm. Mm. Man, that water's good. Anemia. What's it good for? I want to talk about anemia in, in, the, in a sort of a broader, and if you're just joining me, I don't really talk about food that much because I think that, uh, and my experience shows that rarely is anybody's issue ever food. And it's very easy to learn how to eat healthy. I can teach you everything you want in about 30 minutes. Or you can, again, sign up for my uh, mailing list and get a free chapter of my book. And the chapter that you get is on food and literally everything you need to know about healthy eating. Not everything you can know, everything you need to know. But back to this. I'm going to dive in because I've gotten this question a few times about anemia. And 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 it's obviously a real thing. It's iron deficiency. And then there's this thing called pernicious anemia, which is a B12 deficiency. Often, And B12 is a whole kind of a whole nother animal. I did a video on my YouTube channel called B12 and the plant-based diet because it's a common misconception in my mind, but hear me out, is that the plant-based diet is deficient in B12. How we eat it is, yes, it absolutely is because we are cleaning our food uh, of the dirt and microorganisms that are B12. B12 is micro, from, comes from microorganisms in soil. And as we wash our produce, and so do I, but let's admit that it's an unnatural thing that we're doing when we, when we wash the soil and dirt off our produce. I do it because I don't know where my freaking produce comes from. I mean, it comes from anywhere. It's been touched by who knows who, handled, dropped. I don't, it, it comes a long way, guys. I'm not walking by and picking it out of the ground myself and I can kind of sort of vouch for where it comes from. So because of that, I do the unnatural thing and I still do it. That's why this podcast is called Approaching the Natural. Um, but I do this unnatural thing, which is that I, I wash my produce. And when I do, I create a deficiency of both B12, but also the healthy bacteria that would be going in my body every time I took a bite of food in the wild. I'd be getting, we all about probiotics these days. Well, that's where it comes from. It's dirt, it's dirty. It's good. It's good for us to interact with nature that way. We don't, and I get it. It's, a, again, I'm not going to go 100% natural because I'm not going to eat my lettuce. And by the way, it's been sprayed anyways by the time it hits my shelf, so I don't even know what's on it. Probably nothing. Um, so with with that said, it's not that the plant-based diet is deficient in B12. If it were, elephants would be B12 deficient and a whole bunch of other animals would be B12 deficient because they eat plant-based diet. It's just the way that our food system is that we wash our produce and we don't get the stuff that would naturally come in that diet. It doesn't make the diet deficient. It makes the way that we eat the diet deficient. Dig? That's this just that's real. Okay. So quit this whole see. We're not meant to eat plant-based. And again, you don't have to eat plant-based. I, this is not a plant-based podcast. I am. I don't hide that fact. Everybody knows that, but it's not, not the thing. But but at least just don't do the thing of like, see, we're not meant to eat plants because they're deficient in B12. They're not when they're in nature, okay? There's a lot of deficiencies we human beings create in the way that we process food and travel and, and, and ship food and everything else that we do, okay? Can we just not argue about that? Can we just agree to disagree? <clears throat> Back to anemia. So the, you'll see how this is sort of related. So a lot, so a lot, some people have said, you know, I'm anemic. 
And my doctor, it's always the doctor who's not trained in nutrition, says I need to eat more red meat for iron, et cetera, et cetera. The implication being that plants don't have iron in them. If that were the case, then I would be deficient. I'm, this, again, I, I usually don't talk about the whole plant-based thing, but I will tell you because I want to talk about it here. I am plant-based, been 15 years plant-based. My wife, plant-based. My children, plant-based. My wife gave birth to three children, plant-based. Two of them were twins, plant-based. If it was the were the fault of the diet itself, we would all be anemic. My children would be anemic. I do not supplement with iron. We eat food that has stuff in it, a ton of stuff. We eat mostly what I call heavy box foods. They have iron. So how is it that somebody can eat that and be potentially anemic? Because it has to do with your ability individually to be able to process food, to be able to digest food, how your bacterial makeup is in your gut, how your enzyme production is, how your hydrochloric acid and intrinsic factor in your gut, in your stomach is, all these facts, how your stress is, because chronic stress, which I've talked about 15,000 times, because for me, all the issues that are plaguing the human species these days are about chronic stress and how, and this my small steps approach lowers chronic stress. It lowers overall stress. Well, when that happens, Here's what bounces back. Your freaking digestion bounces back. So people want to say it's, it's about food. It's about food. It's about that diet. It's about that diet. And most of the time it is not. I just want to be very clear about that. Now, does that mean <clears throat> that if you're anemic, eating mostly plants, then, then, then just keep doing that? No, because you may have those impaired digestive issues happening, in which case things like looking into probiotics, things like digestive enzymes, um, th- short-term iron supplementation. Again, I am about whatever works, but let's be intelligent about it and let's not throw out the baby with the bathwater and say, see, a plant-based diet's horrible because I was anemic when I was on it. First of all, I don't know what you're eating by when you say plant-based diet. If you're eating whole plants, you're getting plenty of iron, plenty of calcium, plenty of every other freaking mineral that nobody talks about because they're not, they don't rhyme with freaking calcium. You're also getting fatty acid. You're also getting intensely healthy carbohydrates and you're getting, and you're getting healthy versions of protein. You're getting all those things when you eat food that actually is real. It's not deficient if you eat a variety of those plants. They're not going to be deficient in iron. If they were, we would have an an absolute epidemic of anemia in the plant-based community, except that we have the opposite of that. And now more research is showing that heme iron from from animal foods is actually highly oxidative and, and damaging in the body. Now, again, if somebody is anemic and eating a plant-based diet, they may have some issues, but let's not say it's the fault of the diet or to somehow imply that iron does not exist in plants because it freaking does. That's how animals that we eat for iron, that's how they get their iron. By the way, it doesn't come out of the air that they get their iron from plants. All, all I'm saying is eat the plants yourself and you're getting a whole bunch of other stuff that you don't get otherwise. Dig? Okay, this goes for things, you know, uh, many other things. People like to see, but it's if you're not digesting well, if you're under a, a lot of stress, if you're, you know, have a history of antibiotics and your gut bacteria is is all cuckoo. Yeah, you're going to have some absorption issues, you're going to have some digestive issues, of course. Of course, and that but but that's not the fault of the diet, is it? Now you may need to adjust the diet short term. You may need to do some things that are, you know, pumpkin seeds and things, you know, Hemp seeds, things that are a little higher in iron, chia seeds are a good source. Look, it's almost hard not to when you're eating healthy food to not get all the stuff that you need, with the exception of something like B12, because, again, we wash our food. D, 
because it doesn't come in food except for mushrooms, but otherwise you're just not outside in the sun because we're inside, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm not sitting in a field in freaking Minnesota doing this podcast in the sun, and I don't even know Minnesota probably doesn't even have sun right now. <clears throat> don't get me started on Minnesota, okay? Do not get me started on Minnesota. Okay, back to the the uh, ball game of non-food. I don't even like talking about food. I'm not even kidding. It, I, I don't like it because it, people get hyper hyper on it. I don't like it. I like food. I just don't like talking about it. Um, I wanted to point out one thing, and this is what I was thinking of. It sort of encapsulates what, what I do here every week, which is I want to point out the difference between learning how to eat healthy and being a healthy eater. There are just a huge amount of resources out there to teach you how to eat healthy. Okay? Eat this, eat that, eat this and this and that. There should be a song. Eat this, eat that, eat this and talk about food all the time and don't socialize with people because you have to be super hyper-focused on food. It's not the best song I've ever written. It's not the best song. I'm just saying. I'm a small stepper. I'm going to work on that and kind of massage it a little bit. There are lots of resources to learn how to eat healthy. But this podcast and my approach is about being a healthy eater. There is a very big difference because you can learn how to eat healthy in a diet and then not continue the diet because you haven't learned how to be a healthy eater. It's a, Again, I started this week's episode by saying there are subtleties here. There are nuances here. It is, it is, it is a very complicated, it's kind of simple, but it's difficult in a complicated way to sort of get to the, the bare bones of this, which is... This is an identification issue. You can be a healthy eater long before you learn to eat healthy. That's that's the weird thing. It, that's let me say it again. You can be a healthy eater long before you learn how to eat healthy. And what I mean by that is that in your mind you can identify yourself as somebody who values nourishing yourself about taking care of yourself on that level about feeding yourself well you can understand that about yourself that that is something that you value long before you read book 1 on how to get a xyz kind of thing in your body food wise to and furthermore I'll say without that first step of learning to understand yourself and to identify yourself as a healthy eater, you're going to be floating around from place to place and you will end up yo-yo dieting because you have nothing to anchor yourself to. You have nothing, no sense of identification of really who you are in this. Wanting to lose weight is not being anything. That's wanting something. It's not being anything. Being a healthy, happy person, okay, now we're talking, and when you understand that about you, and I mean do the work of writing it and understanding what you value, then the things that you take on have more meaning in them. They are not empty acts, but when you just want to lose weight, that's not your identification. There's nothing to identify with that. There's no, I'm somebody, here's what you identify, I'm somebody who wants to lose weight. That's, I'm being somebody who wants to lose weight. Okay, well, what happens when the, when the weight comes off? Then who are you? You've got to establish that level of identification before you take on the acts. The acts are distractions until they are anchored to an identity that you have in your own mind, period. Okay, those acts are a distraction. Learning how to eat healthy is a distraction until you can understand and believe in yourself as a healthy eater. And this is not just believe in yourself. It's not like that. It's just the first task I talk about. Write out who you are. Not how you've been living, but who you truly are. I'm somebody who eats healthy most of the time. I, I like to I run marathons, whatever, all these things that you may not have ever done. But when you have a moment to yourself to ask these questions, this is the stuff that comes out. This is the anchor. 
from which you then small step into all the areas that get you closer to that that thing on the page. It's it's a again pretty simple conceptually. Implementation, 219 episodes in a row because that's why I come back here. Because if it were that simple, I would have done one episode and everybody listened to it, including me, would have been like, got it, thanks, I'm on my way, but yet I'm still struggling and I'm the, I invented the damn approach and I'm struggling. So how is it that it should be so easy if, if, I'm, if I have the struggles too? I will say I'm also succeeding in a huge way. But again, the struggles are part of the deal, and I'm just my biggest struggle is just keeping on getting used, you know, keeping on being comfortable with the struggle in a weird way. You know, I can, I have that same urge of I want this to be more simple, I want this to be easier. Why can't it this? Why can't shouldn't I be able to do this? Why should, and those are the things that I just keep convincing. I keep having coming back in and saying, listen, you know, this ain't the ball game. That's not how things work. This takes work. It takes attention. It takes engagement. You can never phone it in. I tell myself, I can never get to the point where I'm now all set and I can just sort of drive and not pay attention to the road. I never going to be, never going to be. And the more I understand that day to day, the easier my life becomes and the better my life becomes, period. It just doesn't come, become completely easy. It just becomes easier. Dig? Okay. I'm glad we talked about this. Um, I better have another sip of water. Just a congratulatory uh, sip of water. Mm, mm. Man, is that good? Why? Why can't? Why shouldn't? Why wouldn't water taste better? I mean, it, whoever invented water, I think they should have flavored it, because then there would be no problems in terms of you know, people wanting to drink. Why couldn't water have flavor? It just crystal light from the inception. Just couldn't it just be crystal light out of the spring? And you just oh, this is a very lovely, sparkly, lemony, sugary kind of thing. I have no problems drinking this at all. I want to talk about uh, before I get into the subject of this week's episode that the the, um, the time uh, issue that that people are often you know we often say I don't I don't have the time and et cetera et cetera. When you bring in a new step, I want to talk about and tell you right now that the time it takes you to do the step, let's say you set your step at five minutes, is a hundred percent ready, a hundred percent irrelevant in the beginning. Not 100%. I'm going to correct myself right now because when I did my TRX step, setting it at 5 to 10 minutes was 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 great um, and it helped me do it. So it's not totally irrelevant, but here's, here's what I'm specifically talking about. Just because something sounds like it's not that much time, there are more uh, factors at play than the time. That's the point I want to make. And here's, here's what I mean. I'm going to use coffee roasting as an example. I have been roasting coffee for... Um, like 15 years. The coffee roaster is in my garage. It doesn't, contrary to popular belief, when you're roasting coffee, it does not smell good. The finished product smells phenomenal, but the process of roasting coffee smells like kind of like burnt popcorn, and you just don't want that in your house. I don't want that in my house. Okay, so I have it in my garage. Coffee roasting takes a very minimal amount of time. It's about 20 minutes to roast enough for like three days. It's not a big deal. Not only that, I don't have to sit there during the 10, 20 minutes I turn it on, I go back upstairs and I'm like washing dishes. I usually do it at night when I'm like, Lisa and I are like shutting the house down. It, I don't, and then I run downstairs, I get to move my body, right? I run my downstairs, I check on it. I turn up the time a little bit, I adjust the temperature, I come back upstairs and do, I mean, maybe it's five minutes of my time. And yet for the last three months, I keep thinking, 
oh, I should start roasting coffee again. I, my book is done. I've kind of gotten past all the travel. And I thought to myself, when I'm early on, when I'm done with all that stuff, I'm going to come back and start roasting coffee again. It's cheaper. It's easier. It's great. I love it. It said all those reasons that I love it, Okay, that I've been doing for 15 years. And yet, I've done it one time in the last three months. It is not about the time. It's not about the time. It really, really is not about the time because it's it's 20 minutes total, but again, I'm not down there all the time. It is a drop in the bucket for me timing-wise. It is simply an issue of getting it on your radar. I cannot stress this enough. It doesn't. The time doesn't make any difference initially. It's new. It's a new thing. Renew, right? I used to roast. Now I it's I have to treat it as a new thing because it's not on my radar right now. I don't want to be clear about that. Just because I used to roast coffee every three days is also inconsequential. Just because I used to journal every day when I was living in Los Angeles and had no children uh, and had no like real job kind of thing, uh, you know, I made money but like no actual job, <laughs> no actual job, um, doesn't mean that. Now I should be that that's affecting me now wanting to journal. I have to look at journaling uh, nowadays as a new thing, or in this sense, coffee roasting, even though eight months ago I was roasting coffee, now it's new. Why? Because my life has changed. Number one. Number two, I'm just trying to fit in a new behavior. Just because I've done it before, it doesn't matter. I know how to do it, so that's cool. Like I've done it before, I know how to do it. I don't have to learn how to do it. But I do have to relearn how to get it into my life again. And once it's there, it'll ramp back up and I'll probably get back to the habit of it pretty quick because of the history in my arsenal of experience of doing it. But I do not underestimate how hard it is because I've now been a small steps coach for almost 10 years. I do not underestimate the difficulty of starting any new thing, even if you're familiar with that new thing. And I just want to be clear that the time about it is nothing. It has nothing. It, it, it's so inconsequential. It, has, it could be one minute. If it's a new thing, you still got to do the, the, the groundwork to get it in, into the life again, into your life again. So in this, in this sense, uh, to me, the job I have now, and I'll talk about music in a second, is to now what I call like prepare the area. I've got to, okay, prepare the area. What that means is getting the roaster set up again, getting it cleaned up, getting the green bean coffees, uh, coffee loaded, setting an alarm on my phone, leaving a note on my on my coffee maker upstairs because the coffee roaster is downstairs. It's not in my field of view, vision-wise, literally with my eyes. If I don't see it, it's just sort of I can easily the day goes by. Um, I was just talking to Lisa this morning about this spray. We I'm not connected to it, but it's I, I really like it. Matt Fraser did it with a couple of the people. It's called uh, Compliment, and I again I'm not I don't I get no kickback, no affiliate, I have nothing, zero, nothing. But I've been using it. It's a spray that has DHA, EPA, long chain fatty acids, um, D and B12. Um, and so I'll talk about DHA, EPA like another time. Not every, that's not something I have to do. There's some percentage of people who don't convert short chain omega threes to the longer chain. They're in, inefficient. Their bodies are inefficient converting it into long chain fatty acids. So to me, it's like a safety insurance policy. It doesn't. It's like no. It's, it's a few sprays in in my mouth and I'm on my way. Like it's a small price to pay. Anyway, um, but I was just talking to Lisa about that because it's literally in our refrigerator. It's in our kitchen. You take it out. It's a 10 second. If, if it's 10 seconds, I can't even tell you. And the two of us forget to do it. And I like to give it to the kids and stuff like that on occasion. I don't do it every day, but and, and Lisa really you know, benefits from it too. It's not about the time. It's 10 seconds. It's about, so what I said to her is set an alarm on your phone. 
That's the to me using technology in that way is is a, is one of those necessary things like supplementing with B12 because I wash the the soil off my off my plants that I eat. It's just that like why not why wouldn't you? You know what I mean? Well, I, I don't want to have to I've set an alarm. Why should I have to? Well, you don't have to, but if why not? It's the easiest darn thing if you want to take this thing and it helps you. It's like such a small price to pay. You have a phone. You carry a phone. All of us carry phones. We don't use them for anything useful. We use them for checking the bad news all the time, and that's just what we do. Um, but they're really actually amazing tools to be to use with alarms and, and reminders and things like that that can be the small stepper's best friend. Eventually, I will have a, a, an app um, for smallsteppers.com because because. That, and it's going to be that kind of thing is ideally going to be incorporated in terms of setting alarm, being able to you know put a step in and also setting alarm around it. Like it'll just be a super cool thing. But more you know eventually down the line. Mm. Okay. Um, anyway, so I'm preparing the area on the coffee roasting. Music was a perfect example when I wanted to get music back, and I used to be a full time freaking musician. But when I wanted to bring it back into my life, I had to treat it as something new, which means I had to get the guitar out of the case, onto a stand. I had to get the amp plugged in so that literally I'm one switch away. I switch it on and I go and it's in my podcast studio. I'm looking at my guitar right now. And because it's here, then it's accessible and I have prepared the area and allowed the high probability of success with regard to a new new step to come into my life. That is, again, the backdrop of all this is that it's good for me, it's I enjoy it, it brings me joy, and therefore lowers my overall stress, and therefore increases my digestion. Boom, full circle, no anemia in this house. So let's get to uh, this week's episode, okay? I'm Enough about anemia, okay? I don't wanna talk about anemia anymore. Uh, the two-headed monster. I wanna talk about the, the I, I've discussed the, I think I did an episode many moons ago um, called Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, H-I-D-E, and I felt pretty clever at the time of doing that. Um, but 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 this is sort of a different take on the same basic idea, which is what I see of what I see as the major struggle of the human species, and that is that we we are in a way I mentioned earlier in this episode of two minds, and it's it it can it can be. Um, a way of of increasing our difficulty, but it can also be a way out for us. It can be a way of of liberating us from the difficulties. And here, and, and so I'll get into that a little bit. One thing one thing I want to start out with is, oftentimes, you know, when, in fact, when I teach classes at the wellness center, um, I talk about this. The, the first question I ask is why eat healthy? And I always think that's kind of a stupid question. I kind of cringe, even though I'm the one who created it. And the reason is because I want to right out of the shoot, create a context for people, or at least a, a thing to think about, which is this is not really about not getting diabetes in 20 years or 10 years or even two years, or, you know, lowering your rates of, you know, risk of getting cancer or heart disease or all the things that are killing us. That Those are side effects of this process but the immediacy of it and i talked about this earlier like why is it that we're trying to make our ourselves happier and healthier and yet the process is often so horrible for many people and so not enjoyable because i think it's not about just like it's anemia damn it i talked about anemia again is not about the diet well it's not really about the process it's about our perception of it it's about there's no context uh, that we have in our minds created so that when we're doing the act of eating well, let's say, if we're talking about food for freaking whatever, um, 
we have context, we have percept, we have we have uh, we have ideas around it, and we have clear goals around it, and we have clear identification around it, so that when we're eating the thing, it's not really that horrible. It's really not. It's actually like well, I'm, it's not the best tasting, but that's only one part of the issue. It can still taste good, by the way, FYI. But that's because that's not the main thing. We'll still do it, and we'll get the joy that comes from it that blows away any kind of short-term thing that we were getting from you know before from eating things that weren't healthy. And I've talked about this a thousand times, but also when you eat healthy most of the time, then you can have something less than healthy, and you don't feel guilty and shame about it. So there's a bigger overall thing that that increases an improvement in your life and a qualitative difference of doing this. But if without context, you're going without context, you're going to eat a meal today that's healthier, and you're going to be miserable doing it. So I guess what's going to happen, you're going to say, screw it, I'm going to go back to eating the way that I've been eating for 50 years. There's no context. The question of why eat healthy is I want people to attach the value which is, exists today. I don't think that we're wired for thinking a year in the future. If we think, I don't want to get diabetes in five years, but then we go, but tonight, oh man, I was going to go out to dinner with my friend. There's the immediacy. And that's the like the two different heads of us is like, we have this... I, this kind of rational thing, and I'm totally into it. But we have this idea of like, okay, if I do this, I read the statistics, and if I eat this way, my risks of getting type 2 diabetes decrease by 47.2%. But tonight, I was going to have fried chicken. For crying out loud, I'll start it tomorrow. I'll just do this thing tomorrow. Gonna kick tomorrow. Jane's Addiction, really? Jane's Addiction? Not the best, most appropriate song for me to cite in this moment? Yes. Um... Anyhow, uh, Jane Says is the song. Okay, but the band is Jane's Addiction. <laughs> anyway, um, my point is we have we have a mind of conceptual understanding, and we also have the mind of craving and immediacy of pleasure. I want the, both of those things to exist, but I want them to exist in concert instead of in conflict. Do you see the difference? Because the, for, the fact of the matter is the discomfort that we have not have to, if you choose to make your life better, the discomfort that you're going to be experiencing to actually do this the right way is, is in the context of a world that it, this is not life-threatening. When you have a meal that's not quite as, uh, uh, that's not, that's like healthier than usual, that's, it, you're okay. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all agree like you're safe. It's not a, oh, I'm putting myself in risk. But the way that the part of us in sort of that animal part of us is like, if not as much pleasure and we want pleasure and it, 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 it makes us dread that thing because again, I don't think there's enough of the other head in the mix of it. If we just go by our guts, we're never gonna eat healthy because it's not quite as fried chicken. It's good, but it's not fried chicken good. And like, like I always say, like I love my banana shakes. Like I always talk about people, like I make a banana shake, I'll put eight to 10 bananas in water and I'll drink that all day. I love that shake, but I don't French fry, I love it. And that's the difference is that I love the banana shake for what it brings to me, for the gift that it brings to me. Part of that is the taste, but just part of it. Whereas French fries, like 98, 99.9, 114% is, is taste. Like there's nothing, it's the joy of it in the moment. It's not a bigger picture joy. But to say, if I don't eat French fries, I'm going to be miserable eating, a, drinking a banana shake means 
yes, if you don't have a bigger picture at hand, if you don't have a bigger picture in your mind of, well, why am I doing a banana shake and not doing french fries? Well, because banana shake makes me feel better, I have more energy, I have clarity of thought, I'm in a better mood. Okay, and if I do that most days, I can have french fries once in a while and really enjoy the crap out of them and not feel bad about it, not be overweight, et cetera, et cetera. It's all about providing the context. What provides that context is the, that one mind, the, the rational decision-making, choosing something, even if you feel like doing something else, but choosing something because you know it's good for you, maintaining that eth- ethic of self-care. How to use this part, this head of the two-headed monster, how to use the head of, of, of thinking is a way to talk us into these, what I call, again, my MDTs, my minimum daily test. The head of thinking, the thinking head, (laughs) if I wanted to phrase it in a way that was not ridiculous, a thinking head is the thing that talks me into the cold shower every day. It is the thing, the part of me, and I'm not discounting the other part. The other part does not want to go in the cold cold shower. Why? Because it's freaking cold. It's freaking cold. And I never go, oh, I can't wait to get in this cold shower at that level on the non-thinking head never wants to get in that cold shower but the thinking head does and that's the conflict that's the to me that is the struggle of the human condition is that we have urges and this can and this is going to sound crazy but this is like that racism is rooted in this uh, classism these these ideas of like fear and if we act on those things without context of a thinking head that says you know what I'm feeling this but this is not who I am then we lose almost every time because we're in such a weird world that the fear-based mind of us, the head, the, mon- the two-headed monster, the one head that is fear-based, that is reactive, that just goes by gut in this world doesn't succeed very well, doesn't succeed uh, the, without the other head saying, you know what, I, I understand the netty net nut of this world and as much as you are attracted to that Twinkie, that ain't your bag, man. That's not going to deliver you what you really want. You, We need that voice to balance out the fear, the protective thing that's also, by the way, looking out for us 100%. They're both looking out for us. I'm just saying... I think there should there to 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 achieve a level of success of in terms of your own health and happiness there needs to be a nice little blending of the two heads. Not just I'm going by gut or I'm completely rational. I think there needs to be a blending of those two things. The thinking head talks me into getting uh has talked me into showing up at a starting line for my ultra marathons, especially my 50 miler where I had no desire Zero percent desire, even at the starting line of running that race. I did not. I was like, I don't want to do this right now. This is the last thing I want to be doing right now. But the thinking head said, "You have trained for this. You're going to feel really crappy if you don't do this. And and once you finish, you're going to feel incredible." All those things were true, and I'm way better off for having done it than not. But the non-thinking head of that monster of me of the monster was, "Yeah, don't do this today. Bow out. Bow out." How do, we, how do we reconcile that? We have to understand that the, the thinking head talks us, can talk us into doing things, but can also talk us out of doing things too. That thinking head can say, I'm walking up to the donuts. You don't really want them. You do not really want them. We have to understand that the primal needs in us are in a way illogical, or I would even say illogical, like they're not part of logic and they're urgent. The primal needs of us are pleasure now, 
and I don't give a crap what the ramifications are. They are avoid fear now, and I don't care what the ramifications are. To try to fix health with a diet does nothing to actually solve this issue long-term, but it just appeals more to that urge. It appeals to the excitement of thinking that you are making your life better right away and you want it right away and you're and it's not logical and it's but it's urgent and you want to lose weight so badly that you're going to do something that does not actually deliver you that end because you're not couching it or not bringing in another voice that says I know that you want this as fast as possible and here's the way that you do this as fast as possible if you're really talking about what you really want which is long term it's not going to make you lose weight as fast as possible as fast as a diet But when you lose the weight, it will be for real. So it will end up happening as fast as possible. It's just apples and oranges. A diet isn't going to give you what you want. It's just not going to give you what you want. That whole discussion occurs in the context of you being attracted to the book that is on the cover telling you you're going to lose 10 pounds in 10 days. It's incredibly powerful to appeal to that that primal animal part of us and say, here you go. Here it is for you. This is the success. Look, if I wanted to sell more books, I would do it. I would do a cookbook. Food is such a drug. People don't think about it as a drug. It is 100% a drug. The discussion of food is such a sell. And when I speak at all these veg fests, people come to my talks now because I've been doing this for a long time, finally, but not like the cooking demonstrations and not like the discussion of food. Food, 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 food. We're addicted to food. Then we want to eat healthier, but we still want to maintain that addiction. So we want to learn how to make the healthier food taste is really good. So our heads still light on fire when we eat. It is a drug-based thing. We need to me, for me, to be successful, to help you guys to be successful is about bringing in that other other head that is oftentimes not given enough of a voice, which is the head that says, I know enough about food now. I need to live my life. I need to take care of my, learn how to take care of myself in a way that lowers my overall stress. I need to learn how to talk myself into minimum, minimal, minimum daily tests, little things throughout the day that, that, that put me into moments of discomfort to bring me to presence. And this, and this is a weird thing. I, was talk, I, wanna, I wanna mention this. My dial back day is the day that I do end up doing the most thinking because I'm, in a way, feeling things I don't usually feel. I'm feeling hunger. I'm feeling, I, I'm like going, I'm hungry. I'm, I'm gonna eat because of the a habit of my eating during most other days. And when I take myself out of that and I feel a little discomfort, I love it. Like I've become, in a way, addicted to that to, because I'm present and I'm feeling things. Right now, I've had water all day. I have plenty of energy. It's 10 o'clock in the morning. I have plenty of energy. I'm feeling totally fine on water only. But this is the day that I love because I'm not dealing with food and I have all this freed up time and I'm feeling discomfort in weird ways and it's, and it's making me not check out. It's preventing me from checking out. To me, I look at this as a, and this is going to sound so hippie that I apologize in advance, but this is a gift to the higher self. It's a day that I say, you know what? The primal urge guy, hey, take a break. I want to let the thinking guy have a, have a day. He's, it's, he's going to have a you know, day at the spa. This is a day at the spa for my, for my considering part of me of the two-headed monster, the considering side. This is a day that I give that side of me a time to think about things, to assess my life, to see if there's other steps I want to break in, to see if there's other steps I want to decrease or increase or adjust. This is the day. 
And you can, and it doesn't have to be a whole day for you, but there are moments where I'm in the cold shower. Those are moments where I'm thinking. Those are moments where in the, in the context of that discomfort, I am bringing that side of me out more because I'm not so subsumed and consumed with avoiding stress, with avoiding displeasure, with avoiding discomfort, with avoiding fear. I am walking into those things in minimal amounts to allow the other side of me to have a voice and to have and to, and and or better yet that I can hear it better because I'm not too distracted with that other crap. The two-headed monster is again, I'll say it again, it is the epic struggle of the human species because we oftentimes in the moment will make a decision that does not serve us long-term because we're trying to avoid fear or because we're trying to chase the high and we are without context in that moment. And what happens is we are more often doing that when we are overtaxed, overfatigued, tired, not nourishing ourselves. Those moments where we do not act in accordance with what we know to be true increase. So it's a further benefit to step into a life that is healthier and happier because more moments than not will become you having both voices at play and being able to make a real choice in the moment that is what you want. And again, it may be French fries because you have context, because you say, you know what? I'm traveling. I'm with friends right now. I've eaten really, really well most days. I'm not going to sweat it if I have a little French fries. So you have the French fries. But again, because you have the voice and the context, there's no associated guilt and shame and, and regret afterwards. Both heads of that monster need a voice in your life, both heads. And oftentimes, one or the other is maybe it's tipping the scales to one or the other. And I, feel, I that, that's usually an imbalance that leads to you know not feeling good in your life, not being happy, not having joy in your life. It is about both of those voices being heard. All right, you guys. Episode 219, boom, done, 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 the two-headed monster. You guys are incredible, and thank you to everybody who's donated to the podcast. I got some more donations last week. You guys have no idea how much that makes a, a difference uh, to me. Come in here if you find this of value. It's it's the work I do. If you trade me a little dough for it, uh, it really helps. Uh, reviews on iTunes and Amazon are also great, and just telling some people about it. Just go, you know what? You should check this podcast out. That's a huge thing. But the donations are very easy to do. You go to sidgarzahillman.com and you and you donate there. You can set up a little monthly thing. I talk, I, I call, I've call. i been calling it, take me out for a virtual cup of coffee. Two bucks a month. $1.95 at Starbucks. That's all I'm asking. Okay. $1.95 a month to take me out for a virtual cup of coffee. It allows me to buy um, you know, equipment when I need it for the videos and the, and, and even this podcast. And I have a monthly fee for the distribution of this podcast, all that kind of stuff takes a little bit of money and time. And I love doing it. There's no, I'm not saying that, but if you have a little extra cash and you want to throw it my way, I'll take it. Dig. Okay. Not going to stress about that too much. Podcast at SidGarzaHillman.com. Podcast at SidGarzaHillman.com is how you email me questions and or comments. I love to hear you know how much I love to hear. If you're just joining me, I love to hear how this is affecting you and how, how you're using this and trying to use this in many ways that have been surprising to me over the years. And in seemingly unrelated ways are people using this small steps approach to bring in things and lower their overall stress in the process. It's freaking awesome and I love it. You guys are great. I will be here next week for episode 220. In the meantime, you guys, do me a favor, will you? Be well. Did you give up? Did you give in? Did you fracture and split? Did you undo everything? I never did. 
Everything's so far away Far away 